With the CDC loosening its guidance on masks and social distancing, an effort has begun by many to rewrite the history of the COVID-19 pandemic, the lockdowns, the mandates, all of it. Couple that with the fact that many Democrats are still refusing to comply with the new guidance, it becomes clear the fight is far from over. Friends, it's time for Hold the Line. Welcome to Hold the Line, I'm Buck Sexton. The CDC says you're vaccinated, no more masks, except in very specific circumstances and places. Should be game over for the ultra-maskers, the perma-maskers, right? Not so fast. The power grab is not over yet, you have to remember that. There are still those who have really enjoyed, not obviously the pandemic itself, but the ability of the government to control every aspect of our lives from where we go, who we can see, how we can spend our free time, all of it. In fact, even the very air you breathe affected by the government's mandate, the government's whim, arbitrary, capricious, and often politicized as it may be. Do you think that they're just going to give all of that power back now and never think about seizing it again? I don't think so. That's why what's gone on here in the past and the continued fight in the present for freedom from pandemic panic is so absolutely essential. Let's start with where we are right now. Uh, We have Governor Phil Murphy of New Jersey. Now, the governor of New York, Andrew Cuomo, has said tomorrow they will abide by the CDC guidance. Why does this take time? Why not now? Uh, It's not clear. In California, Governor Gavin Newsom says June 15th. In Texas today, big win for Governor Abbott, in my opinion, No more mask mandates allowed at the local level. And that's where this needs to go. No more, oh, but in the city limits, you have to wear a mask indoors, outdoors. No, that's it. Enough is enough. The state should use its power to say, we ban masks in public. We ban masks in these these situations. It is dehumanizing. It is divisive. It is a public safety issue because we need to see each other's faces when we're interacting as human beings. Know who we're dealing with. There's a, there actually are laws in the books in places already about this. Instead, what you have is this. You have people walking around with masks on all the time. It's absurd. But that's in Texas, at least. They're taking the right action. In New Jersey, which has pretty much the worst COVID record of any state in the entire country, in the, in the uh, state of New Jersey, the Garden State, Governor Murphy is out there telling everybody, yeah, he heard the CDC stuff, but he's not changing his mind. Not right now. Play it. Why did you decide to go against the CDC guidance and, and keep the indoor mask mandates in place for fully vaccinated people? Good to be with you, Jake. I wouldn't say necessarily against it. We're just not ready yet. Um, we've been clobbered not once, but twice. We've lost over 26,000 people. We know the virus is more lethal indoors. And, and you're asking somebody who's at, at the hardware store working there or in a retail or a grocery store to make the judgment on who's vaccinated, who's not. Uh, we're, we're not there yet. No, we're actually not asking people to do that. We're just telling people to act on the honor system here and go with the guidance. No one's expecting that a hardware store owner is going to know the difference because he obviously can't or she can't know the difference. And notice that Murphy says, well, we're just not ready yet. Well, the CDC looks at all the numbers and says it's fine for vaccinated people. 
There's no difference in the success or in the uh, protection of the vaccination for people who live in New Jersey from those who live in Texas. So this is politicized decision-making. Don't forget that. Speaking of which, there's Dr. Fauci out there. Now, you'll recall back in March, the great senator from Kentucky, Rand Paul, who's also an MD, pushed back on Fauci, who was wearing a mask even though he was entirely vaccinated at the time. Here is how some of that went. You've been vaccinated and you parade around in two masks for show. No. You can't get it again. There's almost, there's virtually 0% chance you're going to get it. And yet you're telling people with them that have had the vaccine, who have immunity. You're defying everything we know about immunity by telling people to wear a mask who've been vaccinated. No. Instead, you should be saying there is no science no. to say we're going to have a problem from the large number of people who have been vaccinated. You want to get rid of vaccine hesitancy? Tell them they can quit wearing their mask after they get the vaccine. Okay. You want people to get the vaccine? <laughs> Give them a reward instead of telling them that the nanny state's going to be there for three more years and you got to wear a mask forever. People don't want to hear it. There's no science behind it. Well, let me just state Dr. for the record that masks are not theater. Um, Fauci wearing a mask actually was theater because he was vaccinated and he was double masking, not even one mask. Always very prominently wearing two masks in public as theater. Now, you're saying, Buck, how do you know that other than just applying logic and good sense to this? That's one way. Another way is that I listened to what Fauci said yesterday about why he's been wearing a mask still, even though he is vaccinated. Here's what he says. How has it changed what you do? How has it changed your mask wearing practices? Well, you know, George, I'm obviously careful because, I mean, I'm a physician and a healthcare provider. I am now much more comfortable in in people seeing me indoors without a mask i mean before the cdc made the recommendation change i didn't want to look like i was giving mixed signals i didn't want to look like i was giving mixed signals so the the appearance was what he was concerned about when he was wearing his little mask two masks actually not the science so it was theater just to be very clear Rand paul was right. Fauci was wrong, as he was so many times during this. And then there is the, so that's the fight that's going on today. Then there's the rewriting of history that is continuing right now. Some are having to grapple with the fact that Andrew Cuomo was the Democrat pandemic hero who wasn't, not only was he not a hero, but he was probably the worst governor in America when it came to the results of his leadership during the pandemic, yet he got a $5 million book deal to write about his pandemic leadership? That's sick, right? That's absurd. That's crazy. That's beyond anybody's wildest dreams of what he would get. But he got $5 million all in. Even Morning Joe, they figured this might be kind of an issue, but they're very gentle with it because they don't want people to realize that Morning Joe was part of the propaganda machinery of Fauci, of Cuomo, and all the rest of them. But here's what they're saying now. We asked him in real time whenever that book came out last year, when he came on the show, why on God's earth you would write a celebratory book about your leadership while you were still right in the middle of the crisis. And it has not worked out well for him. As you said, the initial decision two marches ago to send patients back into nursing homes, then covering up the number of deaths that were inside those nursing homes. There's also, of course, the sexual harassment investigation in his time as governor. 
And yet, I don't know how in good faith you could accept mm. the $5 million for a book about your leadership in a crisis when your state, the state of New York, not all through his fault, but it's a truth, had it as bad or worse than anybody else in the country. Almost like they're having to grapple with reality now because it has become so apparent that they look too stupid trying to run cover for Democrats like Cuomo, who were an abomination during the pandemic. Just wait till people actually see the truth about Fauci and start really understanding how often he was wrong about this. We either hold them to account for their mistakes or they will repeat them. And that means forcing you to suffer the consequences. All right, as fighting continues in the Middle East, some Democrats in Congress are calling for the U.S. to take action against Israel. After the break, Congressman Madison Cawthorn of North Carolina joins us to discuss the far left's attacks on the Jewish state. Stay with us. Have you ever wanted to invest in real estate, but you didn't have the time to do it on your own, and you didn't want to make rookie mistakes? I felt exactly the same way as you until about a year ago. I've always loved the idea of real estate investment, but I didn't want to get involved in something when I had no idea what I was actually doing. That's when I met my friends at Done For You Real Estate. They took all of the guesswork out of it for me. They found me an awesome property. They rented it out for me right away. They managed the tenant for me. And now I get a check every month like clockwork. Don't wait another second to see if my buddies at Done For You Real Estate can do for you what they did for me. Visit doneforyoubuck.com to see how it works. Again, every step of the process from picking the city, the house, getting the loan set up, getting a tenant in place, and a management company to handle the whole thing for you. Just go to doneforyoubuck.com to see what my friends can do for you. doneforyoubuck.com to begin your real estate investment journey today. That's doneforyoubuck.com. As violence intensifies in the Middle East, progressive Democrats are speaking out against Israel's military actions in Gaza and are now pushing for the U.S. to stop a $735 million weapons sale to the Israeli state. To read the statements from President Biden, Secretary Blinken, General Austin, and leaders of both parties, you'd hardly know Palestinians existed at all. The president and many other figures this week stated that Israel has a right to self-defense. But do Palestinians have a right to survive? Many members of Congress have instead fallen back on a blanketed statement defending Israel's airstrikes against civilians under the guise of self-defense. Joining me now with the latest from Capitol Hill, North Carolina Republican Congressman Madison Cawthorn. Congressman, good to see you. Thanks for joining us. Buck, great to be on with you, my friend. So we've learned that Biden told Israeli Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu that he supports a ceasefire. That doesn't seem to be enough, though, for some of your progressive colleagues in the in the House. What's going on? Oh, well, you know, we have these progressive colleagues of mine who are literally out here trying to lobby for some kind of leadership position within Hamas, it seems like. Uh, there are terrorist organizations who have since Monday Lost, launched thousands of rockets into Israeli population centers. And now they're calling for the Israelis to just back down and not fight back. It's, it's ludicrous. What, what is really their, their preferred? I mean, you're, you're hearing what not only your colleagues who are representing their various districts, but also I'm sure you are hearing from other folks on the Hill, their staffers. What would they like the Israeli state to do in response to the rocket fire? I mean, to have a unilateral ceasefire when people are still firing rockets at you seems to be a very bad idea. Well, I'll tell you, Buck, yeah, I very, very rarely try to venture into the mind of a socialist. It's a very scary pet place. 
but if I try to try and imagine what the socialists in Congress, people like Elon Omar, people like AOC, what they truly wanted to see happen here, I genuinely believe they just want Israel to no longer exist. They want Palestine to take over all of the Holy Land, uh, and they don't want Israelis to have a, a place to call home. What would you like to see the Biden administration's approach from today forward be on this issue? What, what kind of rhetoric and actions, if you were able to advise this Biden team, which Congressman, I don't think that's likely, but let's just assume that they were going to listen to what you have to say on this one. What would you want them to do? Well, number one is, first of all, these actual missiles that the Israelis are using in the Iron Dome defense system to stop the rockets attacks from hitting innocent population centers all cost $40,000 a piece. This is an incredible burden on a very small country. It's very difficult for them to be able to defend themselves on all sides as they're surrounded by people who normally would want to see them do harm. Uh, but what we really want to see from the White House is for them not to wait around an entire week of, of rocket attacks before they actually make a statement in support of Israel. It seems like they probably took a poll and said, oh, well, it looks like 51% or more of Democrats actually do support Israel, so we're going to support them too. It shouldn't matter about the politics of the, of the day. It should matter that we support our ally no matter what. I wanted to also get your sense of where, where we're heading here with a 9-11 a style commission to investigate the January 6th Capitol Hill riot. We know that Congressman McCarthy and, and leadership opposes a bipartisan proposal to establish this commission. What do you think about this just in principle, Congressman Cawthorn, the January 6th riot 9-11 style commission that some are pushing? Well, if somebody wants to look within a calendar year at all of the political violence that happened through 2020 culminating on January 6th, then I would be okay with that. If we started taking in all the Antifa riots that happened last summer that left over six police officers dead, hundreds of billions of dollars of damage, and a terrible, terrible sense of security in most of our major cities, then I would be interested in looking into that because I would like to understand exactly where the funding is coming from for all these mobs. Uh, but we see that Nancy Pelosi is currently trying to use this commission as some kind of political weapon to hurt Republicans, make them look like terrorists, make anybody who was here on January 6th at the Stop the Steal rally to make them look like they are some kind of radical. Uh, that's exactly what Nancy Pelosi is trying to do. And so when Kevin McCarthy said that he was like, hey, let's see if we can make it bipartisan. Let's see if we can actually look into all political violence that has happened. And Nancy Pelosi instantly shut him down. Is only interested in looking into January 6th. And it's going to hurt Nancy Pelosi in the long run, I believe. Do you have concerns about the due process rights being respected of some of the people arrested from the January 6th riot? There's a piece in American Greatness uh, online that, that refers to it as the, the, Shawshank, uh, the Shawshank treatment of a number of people who have been arrested and now are being held in solitary confinement, not allowed any pretrial release before they face the criminal charges against them. This seems that I've spoken to a couple of federal, uh, federal prosecutors and, and people that I know who work in criminal defense about this. This seems to be excessive and politicized treatment. Is that something that anyone or you will look into? You know, I think looking into the extreme treatment of any uh, American citizen is absolutely something worth looking into. Uh, when we start looking at the really the duplicative way that the Democrats are going about this and that some of our law enforcement is carrying out these the people that they're holding, uh, it just makes me think back to what happened in California uh, when we had a terrorist attack where there was a mass shooting. And then Apple decided they were not going to unlock this mass shooter's phone. 
But then all of a sudden, Apple is now starting to give over all the location data of everyone that they believe was inside of the of the Capitol building on January 6th. It just seems like a total double standard. But really, that's the only double standard these leftists actually have. Do you feel like the Capitol Hill police are under too much political pressure to really give the American people a full and accurate accounting of everything that happened that day, including the shooting of Ashley Babbitt? Oh, I absolutely believe that the uh, Capitol Police have become too politicized on their leadership front. Now, the men and women who wear the uniform every day, the people who wear the suits and do our detailed officers, they are incredible men and women. But unfortunately, uh, the Speaker of the House has installed two partisan people within the, the Capitol Police Board, which then it basically guarantees that Nancy Pelosi gets her way with whatever happens with the Capitol Police. I think this makes it a highly politicized organization, and that's exactly where we can't have politics. I don't want people who teach our children or people who carry guns around civilians to be able to be politicized. Congressman Cawthorn, thanks so much for joining us. Good to see you. Honor, Buck. Thank you very much. While some Democrats on Capitol Hill discuss kneecapping Israel, the nation continues its fight against Hamas. After the break, former Deputy National Security Advisor to Vice President Cheney, Stephen Yates, uh, joins us to discuss the latest from the ongoing conflict. I've been telling you for a while now about online thieves who can easily steal your home's title. But you don't have to take my word for it. Take it from this thief who stole over 150 homes and was sentenced to 25 years in prison. This is why you need Home Title Locked. Nobody thinks that I can take their house and borrow against the house. Oh no, I have title insurance for that. No, it's, it's in my name or he would have to get some special document. They would call me. You know, nobody's calling you. After I've stolen the title, borrowed against it, or sold the property, or done whatever I've done with it, it's 60 to 90 days to even figure out that, that they're the victim of this crime. You know, by that point, you start getting foreclosure notices, and you realize you've got four mortgages on your house. Not only that, you don't even own your home anymore. It's not even in your name. Heard enough? Don't let this crime happen to you. Go to HomeTitleLock.com and register your address to see if you're already a victim and enter code RADIO for 30 free days of protection. That's code RADIO at HomeTitleLock.com. Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Bite Clear Liners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you could pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Bite.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Bite. Fighting between the Israeli Defense Forces and Hamas has entered its second week in what has become the most significant surge in violence since the 2014 Gaza War. Over 200 people are estimated to have been killed in the fighting so far, including several senior leaders of Hamas and Islamic Jihad. Throughout the conflict, Israel has made an effort to minimize civilian casualties, often using precision strikes against high-value targets. To that end, many are speculating the IDF has begun using a relatively new weapon in its arsenal, a so-called ninja missile, rather than exploding like conventional ordnance, massive blades extend from the so-called ninja missile moments before it smashes into its target, earning it the nickname the Flying Ginsu. 
Here for more on the tactics being used on the ground in this current round of fighting is former Deputy National Security Advisor to Vice President, former Vice President Dick Cheney, Stephen Yates, also CEO of DC International Advisory. Steve, great to see you. Thank you, Buck. It's great to be with you. What do you make so far of the calculation that's being made here by the terrorist leadership of Hamas? They're, they're firing all these missiles and now they have successful Israeli countermeasures. The Israelis, you're taking out their leadership very quickly, aggressively and successfully. And it seems like there's not going to be a ceasefire until Netanyahu's gotten some uh, house cleaning done, so to speak. Well, I support that assessment in in the sense that uh, you know Israel very clearly was provoked in the in this regard. Uh, I think we've had provocative weakness from the United States that has made people in the the broader Middle East and especially out of Tehran uh, feel like they have an advantage to move. Uh, Hamas is uh, an extension of their terror tentacles, and so this was this was a, a time of opportunity. I think that they saw. Uh, one of the miracles of humanity is that missile defense, in fact, works and an Iron Dome exists today. And so when two to three thousand missiles from Hamas gets launched, yes, there's disruption and potential casualties for Israel, uh, but a, a much higher degree of security than there were many decades ago in this kind of an exchange. And so we have the indiscriminate launch by a terrorist organization on Israeli civilians, and we have the targeted response by the Israel Defense Force uh, on the, the launch areas of where these leaders are in the Palestinian Authority areas. And, and you mentioned the, the Israeli response. I mean, the remarkable precision of something like a, a what, what people call a, a ninja missile, which is pretty new even to the U.S. arsenal, this missile that does not have a warhead, but deploys sharpened blades upon impact to minimize collateral damage, but still you very much do not want to be on the wrong side of this. I mean, the Israelis have built the most advanced and uh, the most extensive for the territory in terms of all the different countermeasures it has, fence, wall system, really anywhere in the world. They have the Iron Dome system deployed, and now they have a tool for minimizing collateral damage when they're taking out HVTs or high value targets. It, it feels like you know H Hamas is having this spasm of, of rage but tactically, I mean, they are completely outmaneuvered, even trying to use the tactics of attacking civilians and things that have worked for terrorist groups in the past. It, it feels like Hamas is just getting the rough end of this. It doesn't seem like there's another way to see it. I agree with that. And basically, it's what they deserve. It's a shame it has taken this long for the, these kind of capabilities to really be developed. I mean, the Israelis, in a way, have come up with the most humane way of really hitting these high value targets. The United States uh, struggled to find these own means for ourselves. Uh, there are similar kinds of ordinance the United States has used in other theaters that could be anything from something that is more or less like a big load of concrete that's not going to explode, but certainly will take out a target to, I think, this now coolest named system in these ninja missiles. I mean, really has been a better named system to be deployed in recent years than that. Uh, and it has the added value of really taking out the target itself without collateral damage. Uh, and you know, it was very, very clear from media coverage, we know the international media wants to blame Israel for everything in this, that they have such little grist to go on in terms of the indiscriminate response because the Israeli Defense Force has been in fact very effective and professional with the technology they have.
Now, Steve, you were a senior uh, advisor to the Bush administration during the Iraq war, and there was certainly plenty of time when people were asking questions about what some of the international media was up to during that war and, and where some of the lines may have been crossed by one side or another. I wondered your reaction to the, the strike on the AP building. Now, it's not owned by the Associated Press, but the Associated Press had been headquartered in a building in Gaza. The Israelis gave a knock notice, if you will, that they were coming to hit it with a strike so that the building could be emptied. The Associated Press, just a journalistic organization claiming that they didn't, and I believe also Al Jazeera was housed in the same, the same building, same facility, claimed that they had no idea that Hamas was operating uh, out of this building as an intelligence headquarters. You've, you've seen how this stuff actually plays out. What do you make of that? Well, it's just at odds with what my experience in the past had been. Uh, you know, there's always been an ideological issue between those of us that were involved in either the intelligence side of things or in the political and policymaking side of things and the journalistic world. There's always been a tension there, especially for conservatives. Uh, but in reality, a lot of journalists that are operating in war zones and dangerous theaters, sometimes they have their own intelligence networks that rival what other governments have. And a lot of us would actually want to talk with these people offline because they were pretty good at running down things. And it's just striking that nearly zero journalism was going on with regard to this location. And uh, the bad guys appeared to, to not only be hiding in plain sight, but maybe even being their landlord. It's just breathtaking that that would even be a thing in a, in, a, in a location like that, which you know had to be at risk of conflict. So it's just wildly at odds with anything that I had seen in times past. Uh, the first embedding that really was strategic was in Afghanistan, where you know, of course, things happened in Vietnam, but uh, there was a, there was on purpose embedding in Afghanistan that was part of the mission. Uh, the Iraq experience was different and a little less successful. This is like one of the worst examples of accidental embedding I've ever seen. Stephen, I just want to know what your what your take is at this at this phase. The Biden administration has had the Secretary of State Blinken come out and say any state has a right to defend itself. Uh, the Biden administration has not been particularly harsh on, on Hamas, but they also seem to be giving the Israelis a free hand to defend themselves in terms of the rhetoric that, I mean, not that the Israelis wouldn't do it anyway, but that the rhetoric they're using. I mean, what do you think? What, what's your fair assessment of how Biden's team is handling just this one issue thus far? Well, I mean, I think it's similar to others where some of the rhetoric is fine. Uh, from my point of view, uh, the actions could be better. Uh, I don't think there should be equivocation about who our ally is. I don't think there should be equivocation about who the instigator of these kinds of things are. Uh, to the extent the United States, through its United Nations ambassador or other officials, suggests that generic violence must end. I just never have heard a more pointless bromide in, a, in international diplomacy than just saying the violence must end. You, there, there are bad people who are engaged in violence and they have to be stopped. That's the mission. Uh, so I, I think that the Biden administration uh, certainly has room to improve. And fundamentally, what they're most guilty of is pulling the rug out from under the most successful restructuring of the, the Middle East strategic environment, which is ultimately what gave Tehran and their terrorist enablers uh, the green light to do this right now. Stephen Yates, always good to see you, Steve. Th thanks for uh, shedding some wisdom on the situation, as always. Thank you, Buck.
The decision by organizers of New York City's Gay Pride Parade to exclude police officers from the festivities is getting some blowback, even among Democrats. The First TV's Rob Smith joins us next to discuss the decision and the reaction. Stay there. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. Crow portrays an ex-homicide detective, unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash to watch Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Blowback against the decision by New York City's Pride March next month to exclude the NYPD and officers who march in the parade. Even Mayor Bill de Blasio, who's been a staunch critic of the police department at many times in the past, said the ban is a mistake. Watch. I fully appreciate the extraordinary history of pride in this city. I think that decision's a mistake. First of all, we have to keep people safe and it's been an incredibly safe, positive event, and we have to be mindful of continuing that. Second of all, you know, I believe in inclusion. And we're talking about one of the issues is officers who are members of the LGBT community wanting to march and express their pride and their solidarity to the community and their desire to keep changing the NYPD and changing the city. Here to react, Rob Smith, contributor here at The First TV and host of the podcast, Rob Smith is Problematic. Rob, good to see you. So Rob, uh, why would members of the Pride Parade organi- organization, uh, the, the organizers behind this, why would they not, they're not only saying they want the NYPD to be a block away from the event, like to keep their distance as though they contaminate it by being near it, But in addition, there's a gay and lesbian officers association within the NYPD that has marched in this parade for many years, actually fought for the right to march in this parade. And now they're banned as well. What's going on here? Well, what you have to understand with the with the so-called tolerant and inclusive LGBT community, uh, it's really nothing of the sort. And first of all, right now, so basically what they cannot admit is that gay and lesbian Americans pretty much have our rights in America. And what these organizations are, organizations like Heritage of Pride, these are the people that um, are behind the, the Pride Parade. These are the people that get the hundreds of thousands, if not millions of dollars in sponsorships that the major corporations pay in order to be a part of these marches. Um, they're no longer representing the overall LGBT community. Basically, that has been co-opted and turned into a vehicle for whatever the far left wants. So this stuff has nothing really to do with gay and lesbian Americans. This has stuff to do with the defund the police crowd, um, the far left crowd. So it's all kind of been taken over and co-opted. I participated in many Pride events over the years in New York City and in other places 
And I always welcomed the um, the presence of the police there. The police were there, num- number one, not only for the gay and lesbian police officers to march and, and like de Blasio said, to show their pride, but to also protect the people that are marching in the parade from people that will come there and want to do the, them harm. And I will say, you know, from my own experience, um, that stuff gets rowdier as the day gets longer and then people get more drunk, like things get rowdier and there needs to be an element of police officers there to control that. But this whole idea that the police are making people feel uncomfortable or unsafe, this is nothing but a far left talking point. And it just shows you how far left, loony, fringy, and crazy the LGBT community has become. Well, you know, Rob, we were often told, and, and you're pointing out here that this is bowing in essence to the BLM movement, right? That the left wing mm-hmm. organizers of an LGBTQ plus event are saying, well, we want to respect the wishes, broadly speaking, of the BLM movement. I think this is so interesting, though, because what we're seeing here is not only the, the expulsion of LGBTQ officers from being able to be in the parade, but also by saying that officers can't be near it. This isn't about bad cops. This is about all cops. This is about the NYPD, the largest police force in America, being considered a pollutant, if you will, being considered somehow just a problem by their very presence at a pride event. And that seems to send a a very negative message. It also sends a message that they're not serious when they, when BLM claims that they're not anti-cop, how could this be anything other than an anti-cop decision? Well, it is anti-cop and it's promoting hatred of police. And the unfortunate thing about what has happened to the, the LGBT community over the years is that what we're seeing is the left sort of eating itself. Um, You know, it it has been basically co-opted by every radical far left movement you could possibly think of, uh, from unchecked illegal immigration to BLM. There's, uh, I guess there's a group called Queers for Palestine. It's just like, it's the, the every far left fringy lunatic thing that you can think of has now glommed on to whatever it is that the LGBT movement is right now. It's something that I do not even uh, recognize anymore in the vast majority of gays and lesbians that have the sense God gave us, whether uh, Republican or Democrat do not recognize what is going on right now. But I'm telling you what we're seeing right now, and as somebody that's kind of been involved with in the community for a very long time, is it's sort of the fringe left is kind of eating itself, and it's only going to get worse. They say it's for five years. Um, it will probably be in perpetuity. I, I just, this anti-cop hatred that is happening in the left, uh, this stuff is really bad. It's not going anywhere. Um, and the LGBT is just going to keep on kowtowing to the far left illegal immigrant movement, the BLM movement, whatever comes up that's far left they will cater to it because that is how little identity they have at this point. Rob, as a veteran of the armed forces, I also wanted to get your uh, take, your response to what happened with Lieutenant Colonel Matthew Lohmeyer, who was fired from the Space Force for writing a book about Marxism. Here he is, that's Lieutenant Colonel uh, Lohmeyer, fired for writing a book about Marxism infiltrating the military, uh, removed from his from Space Command, from, from his position there, and could face additional disciplinary measures based upon his criticism of Marxist diversity indoctrination training. I think for a lot of people they hear, hold on a second, that's actually happening in the military? 
Yeah. Uh, yeah, it is happening in the military. And the most interesting thing about this case is that this is not something that is that is new or recent, right? So this isn't something that just started with the Biden administration coming in. Um, it, when you listen to this guy's story, you know, he said that this has been going on for quite some time now. I mean, it really has. You have, uh, you know, uh, Ibram X. Kennedy, the guy who wrote the How to Be an Anti-Racist book. So this book is being recommended on reading lists for people that first come into the military. Um, so this sort of critical race theory, um, racial, sort of like Marxist far left indoctrination under the guise of quote unquote diversity training is happening at all levels of the military right now, just like it's happening in public schools, just like it's happening in corporations. This is really bad stuff. And kudos to him for actually speaking out and being a hero. I think the definition of a hero is somebody who actually risks something um, to, to blow the whistle on this stuff and to actually tell the truth. He knew exactly what was gonna happen to him when he started speaking out about this stuff and he did it anyway. And it is to the credit of, of the armed forces and is to the credit of all of us. So now that we know what's going on, we can formulate a game plan to stop it because sunlight is the best disinfectant when it comes to this stuff. Rob Smith, my friend, good to see you. Thanks for joining us. Thanks, bud. A 10-year-old takes his local school board to task over mask mandates. You don't want to miss the video, and it is coming up next in Quick Hits. I want all of you to go to this website right now, preparewiththefirst.com. It's a special website set up by our friends at My Patriot Supply. Every day it seems like things are getting worse out there. The best way to have peace of mind is to stockpile emergency food and water. My Patriot Supply is America's leading preparedness company, and they're here to help you become self-reliant, no matter what happens next. But you can't wait for something bad to happen, then react. You should act now before we see a stock market crash, hyperinflation, civil unrest, or natural disaster. My Patriot Supply has been in business for over a dozen years, serving millions of families and earning 39,000 four and five star reviews. Their food is specially packaged to stay fresh for up to 25 years, so when you prepare today, it'll be there when you need it. Right now, save $50 on their four-week emergency food kit at preparewiththefirst.com. The meals are delicious and provide 2,000 calories per day. No other brand comes close. That's preparewiththefirst.com, preparewiththefirst.com. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. A 10-year-old apparently knows more about the effects of masking up close and personal than Dr. Fauci, and Joe Rogan nails it on cancel culture. We got those stories in quick hits. Let's get right to it. Uh, this is a 10-year-old speaking to the school board about what it's really like, what it really feels like to be 10 and to have to wear this mask and all the absurdity around this. Here's what this uh, young fellow had to say. Wearing a mask all day makes me feel really tired and gives me really bad headaches. My mask also sticks to my face when it's really hot and it makes it hard to breathe. I feel like I can't catch my breath and that makes me feel claustrophobic and anxious. 
It's really stressful. I know my teacher has asthma and everything, but I understand why it's hard for her to wear a mask, and I think she should have that choice. But I should too. And it seems unfair teachers take their masks off while they're yell while they yell at us kids and that we need to pull ours up. I asked my mom if there is a word for this, and she said there is. Hypocrisy. I miss seeing people's face. I miss the way things used to be. I'm scared they'll never go back to normal. Breathing freely doesn't seem like something we should have to ask any other people for permission for. Indeed. Indeed. The young man speaking truth there. Perhaps he had some assistance from an adult in the compilation of his thoughts in that one, but nonetheless, it all rings true. And it just is a reminder that these things that we've been told we have to do all come with a cost as well, a cost that we have not been allowed to talk about, but the constant anxiety, frustration, and long-term psychological and physical effects of stifling your breath for hours and hours at a time, based on what science exactly? Right. The uh, non-real-world studies of mannequins with spray bottles and going through masks. That's what they actually base this stuff on. That's the real the science, as they say. Uh, so that's why I'm also very happy to see the great state of Texas being even greater by, I know, Texas forever, guys. It isn't the best. We're all going to have to move the whole holding the line outfit to Texas or Florida. That's what's going to have to happen here because Texas, we love you. The, uh, the uh, governor of Texas, Greg Abbott, put out this letter today. Pursuant to his powers as governor of the state of Texas, Greg Abbott has issued the following executive order, the prohibition of governmental entities and officials from mandating face coverings or restricting activities in response to the COVID-19 disaster. An executive order saying no more government face mask mandates. Oh, I love it. Do you love it? Because I love it. Do you love it? I've been saying ban the face mask mandates. That's where we have to go and Texas is leading the way, and it makes me oh so very happy. And now you're going to get into private businesses. They say, well, the private businesses can do it. We'll see how long that lasts. We'll see how long employees of private businesses, without the force of the state saying, you'll be arrested unless you put your mask on, uh, they really want to argue with every customer, vaccinated customer who comes in there and says, not wearing a mask anymore. They want to do that? I got news for them. The stores that don't get really annoying about that are going to see a surge in business because people will want to shop there because they know that the store is not run by hysterical, neurotic loons, and that's always a good thing. You want to support people that take a rational approach to the world around them. And then there is Joe Rogan, one of the biggest, if not the biggest, podcasters in the world. Guy wanted Bernie Sanders to win the last election. He's not a conservative, but... He can be a realist in his approach. He seems to come at issues in earnest. And one area where he certainly says things that make a lot of sense to the common sense folks out there is on cancel culture and where this is all going and how the cancel culture eventually reaches a place where it consumes its own. Here he is. You can never be woke enough. That's the problem. It keeps going. It keeps right. going further and further and further down the line. And if you get to the point where you capitulate, where you agree to all these demands, it will eventually get to straight white men are not allowed to talk. Right. Because it's your privilege to express yourself when other people of color have been silenced throughout history. It, it will be you're not allowed to go outside. 
because so many people were imprisoned for so many years. I mean, I'm not joking. No, I know. I know. It really will get there. It's that crazy. What are the outer limits of wokeness and the cancel culture, which is just the weaponization of the wokeness concept? What are the outer limits? Joe Rogan's asking, and they can't answer the question. The left won't answer the question because anybody can get canceled. Just look hard enough, change the rules enough, anyone can get canceled. You can also change history. That's what Jen Psaki's doing for the Biden White House right now, which looks like it has really no idea what the heck it should be doing on foreign policy. So on the Middle East, what does Psaki say? The Trump administration didn't do very much. Let's hear it. Again, uh, I would say that we are not following the same tactics of the prior administration. Uh, we, uh, the president has reinstated humanitarian assistance uh, and security assistance to the Palestinians. That's something that was stopped back in 2018 and we felt was uh, not a constructive action by the prior administration. Aside from putting forward a peace proposal that was dead on arrival, we don't think they did anything constructive really to bring an end to the long-standing conflict in the Middle East. So, Hmm. Joe Biden, folks, reliably, reliably wrong on foreign policy for over 40 years. His White House is going to be no better. Get ready for that. And you can get ready for the No Spin News with Bill O'Reilly, which is up next. Shields high.